jocks in the pool That is not cool, I need the tools Take me to school, feet first Into this league, me first That cannot be, under the underdog Monica G Feeling a whole lot better suddenly I get in with it, win it again You're one and two in the bag and I'm going for three That is the beat down, got her the best So I keep now, y'all tread in water for weeks Now, now I'm the shark so I eat Now, look, I am not sorry I understood the pun from which I started And never getting these drafts is cathartic So, thanks for the invite to party, yeah Dynasty underdog bite down Up at the day and the night Now, easy as flying a kite Now, come take a look at it right Now, dynasty underdog bite down Up at the day and the night Now, easy as flying a kite Now, come take a look at it right Now Alright everyone, welcome to episode 6 of Dynasty Underdog Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dawkins, and joined with me, as always, are the boys from Any Given Pod, Billy Beeman and Josh Goldberg. How are you guys doing? Good, man. How are you? Great. Couldn't be better. Uh, I was telling Billy earlier, had a little vacation this last weekend, a little three-day getaway up at the mountains, at the lake, and uh, rewind and recharge, so it's pretty nice. You do some high-altitude training while you're up there, trying to get a little bit of advantage? Yeah, you know, 12 ounces, 16 <laughs> ounces at a time. But before the season starts, man, he's up there training for the fantasy season. Let's go. Getting those fingers working. <laughs> I was in the middle of a, my final uh, uh, startup draft. I was, I was up there trying to navigate it. I didn't oh, have were you? My, like, While my you were out stuff. in the wilderness? <laughs> yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't have my tiers or my own ranking, any of that stuff. So I just kind of went off of, you know, your standard ADP. It's turned out really weird, but it's still fun, so. No, definitely. I'm. I think we're all kind of in the uh, final few like drafts for the for the season, right? Like this. It's funny. Everybody pushed. This is the latest. I think any of us have probably been in drafts. Everybody pushed it right, right up, which was smart because look at all the news we found out today. So oh, yeah. So if you're drafting tonight, which actually I'm drafting right now, <laughs> which we'll, I'm sure we'll we'll get to at some point, but. Uh, well, you know, there's a bunch of news that came out, so you got it. You got to keep on your toes right now for yeah. sure. I mean, I'm in the one in the middle of one right now, and I still have two that I've yet to start. Woo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let, let's just say I'm not the happiest here, but I mean, <laughs> go, doing 11 freaking leagues this year, some shit was bound to happen. Do you guys uh, feel like you get burnt out at all, or no? You're still all for it. I'll let Josh go for that one first. All right, yeah, he's got 11 leagues, so let him talk. As of right now, since I have everything organized, I'm good. But once the season starts rolling around, and then I got to start managing 11 different teams with different scoring and different settings for waivers and everything, then we'll, we'll, then we'll revisit this conversation. <laughs> but right now, I got everything under control. Yeah, it sounds like you need more best ball leagues. Get out of here! He didn't even, the one, he didn't the even, one that I didn't even know I was in is. Enough. I was about to say, do you know how many you're actually in, Josh? No. The one, yeah, the one that I didn't know I was in is plenty for me. No, I mean, I I don't think any of us would really get burnt out. I mean, you know, like eleven is a lot, but it's it's not that many. We could be in a lot more. You yeah. know, knowing, knowing the people we know, but for me, I mean, I've I've. And I stress this to everybody. I really stress not getting in too many leagues. I mean, I don't think I don't think ten to fifteen is too many. I think it's a lot, but I don't think it's too many. But above that, it gets it, it, like like it gets a little. Do, you, out of do you even care about your teams at that point? You know what I mean? Like, what do you care about at that point? I so, mean, like, to be honest, the reason I'm in so many leagues is a just to learn different strategies because they're all different. They all are somewhat different, and the the rest is either they were charity leagues or other leagues that. I kind of just got suckered into by other members of the fantasy community. So 
I will say you've tested the uh, formats this year. You've been in yeah. best ball. You've been in one, just different ones with different setups Off, and different and dynasty redraft. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. I got to give it to you for that. At least you're, you're kind of getting it early. That way, whenever you go to do another startup, like you'll be like, yeah, I've done that before. So if you're only going to do like one league a year or two years, and it's going to take a while until you experience all of them and figure out what you really like. So that's pretty sweet. I always suggest before we get in the news and we can jump into that, but I always suggest for people to do at least one auction league because it's so like you can do different leagues with different like, you know, uh, settings as far as like scoring and, and, and team, you know, roster setup or whatever. But like, there's nothing more, there's nothing more different I think than an auction compared to like a snake draft. It's just the values are completely different. There's, it's not even close to like what you'd think. You know, so it's uh, – I always suggest that. Billy, I was hitting you up right and left when I was doing my first auction, just trying to get advice from you just because I didn't know – there was just certain aspects of it that I just didn't know. Yep, yep. All of a sudden, you're, you're looking at, like, what percent of my cap am I spending right. or what percent <laughs> of my budget am I spending? And you're like, uh <laughs> – And, like, I gave Billy access to the league with uh, the commissioner's permission, obviously, and just to show him the varying valuation of players. Like, players that I thought would be going for – up near a hundred dollars, we're going for twenty something dollars. Players I thought would be go for ten to fifteen dollars, we're up near sixty to seventy dollars. So you just never know. It's all about what somebody wants because if somebody likes that player, they're going to pay for him. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of the first time that our league, uh, one of my home leagues, where we switched to uh, FOB bidding instead of you know the regular waivers. I don't think anybody really knew. Okay, you got a hundred bucks, but you got sixteen weeks. Should I blow my load week one and stuff? It, it took a while for me personally to figure out literally what, you know, what this uh, backup player for possible two week starter, what, what is he really worth? You know, so I, auctions, I stay away from them just for that reason. Cause I'm like, I have no idea. I'm not sure if I'm willing to learn it. <laughs> well, you, you certainly will overspend sometimes, or you have to overspend sometimes to get your guys, but like, it's all about strategy. There's like a way to kind of a lot, you know, in auctions, the way it is, you, you, post a player out there and so it's like you're strategizing around like who to put out there first and like get other players to buy and then hopefully your guys last longer so there's a whole bunch of shit to it but anyway let's let's jump into some news here because there's a ton of it. there's a ton all right so i think i need to kind of mention this one after uh i let the listeners down last week and all the other people i was arguing with on twitter about this over the course of the last i don't know three or four weeks but leonard Trinette was released by his team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I did not see that coming. I knew there was risk when I traded for him. And every time I backed him up with stats and his production, all that, like I knew that maybe it was a one-year rental. Uh, I really thought they would just play out 16 seasons and say, Hey bud, you know, have a good, you know, have a good life. But no, they just outright released them. So uh, yeah. I mean, if you look at their finances this year, pretty much all their main guys are their cap hits are in the hundreds of thousands they're not as high as Burnett's was so I mean the team really seems to be stripping it down there and I'm just a little surprised at the Jaguars statement on Burnett's release like the fact they were like we couldn't get a fifth a sixth a seventh or anything for him like have a little respect for the guy you drafted him high he was there yes he might not have seen eye to eye with his teammates or the coaching staff, but still he was out there producing show little respect. I mean, I, I had that feeling too. Like when I read that as like, well, one as an organization, why would you even say that? Um, 
two, I don't, I don't really believe it either. I mean, maybe, maybe there's got to be a team out there that would give a seventh. Although he did clear waiver, waivers today, so maybe, maybe there's more than we know. But well, like I was talking to Billy over on any given pod before we hopped on here, why would a team trade something for him knowing that he's going to get cut, and then they could just sign him for a minimum versus paying his guaranteed contract for this year? So I mean, I don't know. I could see both sides of it. Yeah, I like with this whole Leonard Fournette thing. <laughs> I mean, I feel for you on this one, but I'll be all right. Like, but but to be quite honest, like it might like he could end up in a decent situation. We don't know yeah, yet. If he right? ends up like, in right Washington, now, you might be great. Right now, it looks rough. The uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, right I got I got the rough. first two though. <laughs> no, that's no, but that, that is was the, the deal. Like, you still. Yeah. You still got value back, and you knew there was risk taking on Leonard Fournette. That was part of it, right? That's what you were doing anyway. So, I mean, there's no way he's, like, done, right? He's going to end up on a team, and you're going to get some value out of him. Maybe not pounding him 300 times into the ground makes him more efficient, yeah. and maybe somebody can make him more efficient. Because, to be quite honest, he wasn't doing very much, you know, pr- productivity in uh, Jacksonville anyway. But uh, I thought <laughs> I thought it was kind of crazy that, you know, we, we've been talking so much about Fournette, and you trade for him, and then poof. Yeah, you know, uh, that's why I'm still an underdog, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm also surprised about the timing of it. Like, yeah, I mean, really, who's going to predict that he's going to get cut, you know, 10 days before the season starts? Like, that's not, that's not usual. So, no, not at all. Not especially for a high profile player like that. It's not like he's your ninth string cornerback that you know is not going to make the roster. Like, or the Seattle Seahawk rookie trying to sneak in some woman to a hotel. But... <laughs> he gone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that trade, I wouldn't have made that trade back in March. You know, I thought it's pretty safe territory that he was just going to play out his play out a season. But no, definitely. But, you know, this is a different season, man. We can't expect these kind of things. So I know. It is I know. What it is. And, and take solace and you got your first. Uh, you'll be all right. I'll be all right. That's enough about that. <laughs> hey, so uh, Kamara. Uh, Kamara, we, if you've been paying attention, he hasn't been at practice, what, last three or four days? Yeah, it's been a couple of days now. Just really quickly before we dive too far into it, it was reported 25 minutes ago that he will be at practice tomorrow and he has no no intentions at all at holding out. So I this is all just ne- negotiation talk and a lot of fluff to do about nothing, in my opinion. I don't know. Like, I guess it is some fluff, but they definitely, they put out there, this is what we will trade him for. And although he said he's not asking for a trade, they're still looking for a trade. So, I mean, that's, that's something. It's a $4 million difference for a top five running back. They'll find common ground and get it done. I mean. All right. Hear me out. Hear me out. Sorry. Go ahead. Leonard Fournette to the Saints. Somebody actually just, (laughs) somebody actually just tweeted that to me a little while ago. And I kind of laughed at them, but. I mean, hey, if they are able to get, let's say, two first for Camara from some team. Yeah. I could dream. Yeah. I would. I personally wouldn't. I'd pay the kid. He's so young enough that even if you only hold him for two years, depending on how you structure his contract, you can get out of it really easily. So, Yeah, and we all know, uh, you know, Breeze is not there for, what, another year, maybe two. I think they said that probably this is his last year. You might want to have Kamara around to make that – push again it seems like they're always there you know so uh, i mean they have michael they have michael thomas it's not like they're going to have nobody when breeze retires so i mean if they're going to actually try to just regain it 
keep him, otherwise blow the team up, get rid of him, get rid of Michael Thomas, get the draft capital, and call it a day. So in other news, we got uh, Joe Mixon. He got he had some migraines for a couple, four or five uh, practices, and then all of a sudden he got an extension. So that's what we're calling them migraines. <laughs> that's what they said. He said he was uh, sitting out of practice because he had a migraine. Um, we all know that's just you know contract talk, and well, he got it done. So uh, congratulations to Joe Mixon. Yeah, uh, four years, 42 million, 45 million, 48. 48, yeah. Four years, 48 million. I think it's a great contract for him. Talked about this earlier too. I think it, it keeps him, uh, keeps him there now from a dynasty perspective. You got to be happy as an owner, right? Cause there was some questions there, but I think this is great news for him, for the team. Uh, he, he should be excited to get going this season. So hopefully he has, he has that top five season. I, I think he can have. Yeah, yeah. I fully agree. I, he's quietly been a great running back his entire career. So, I mean, I'm glad he got paid, especially by the team that drafted him. All right. And then I guess finally for what I have, Jalen Rager, this is kind of big. If you're in a dynasty, you probably drafted him back into the first, beginning of the second. So, you know, you're, you're pretty invested um, at a team that was pretty depleted at the wide receiver position. You got a pretty good uh, talent out of TCU. And now he's well, going to miss three to four weeks, they're saying. So, you know, you, your hopes that he's going to flash in that first year, you got to kind of temper those. Um, obviously, I think we'll talk about it a little bit later, but, you know, don't panic, sell. I'm sure if you're a Jalen Rager owner, you've already received a bunch of crap offers. If you're a new player to Dynasty, don't accept them. Um, you got to hold. But, you know, so that, that Philly offense, just like years past, is probably going to run through Ertz. Goddard, Miles Sanders, and, you know, we'll see what happens. So, I think Deshaun Jackson's of super value at this point with Rager. I, Rager's virtually, I think, useless in redraft at this point. Uh, I, you bring up a great point for Dynasty. Don't sell low on him. He's going to be just fine, but kind of kills his rookie value. It's hard to come back when you're going to miss the first couple weeks of a season uh, as a rookie, right? But, I mean, I mean, rookies have a tough time as it is. But, I yeah. Like you, you bring up a great point in Goddard and, and Ertz and Miles Sanders, who's also kind of dealing with an injury. But I really like Deshaun Jackson as far as value goes. I, I tweeted it out. He's like going as like the wide receiver 57 or something stupid like that. And he could easily be the, the wide receiver one on that team and score 20 to 40 points in week one through two when he's healthy. And then maybe he's not anymore. But you don't have to spend a lot on him, and he could really be useful. So For sure. He's one of those guys – Maybe you just don't want to walk away from a draft without getting, right? Spend your last pick on him. You saw what he did, what, uh, first week of 2019 season? A couple long touchdown bombs. That's what he's capable of um, every week for as many weeks as he plays. But, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I think he had two touchdowns in one of those. You just got to watch out for soft tissue issues and we get to go. for sure. In the startup draft that I'm in, I did grab J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. I was a big fan of his coming out. And uh, this gives a, at least gives him opportunity. Although he had opportunity all last year and didn't do jack shit with it, maybe this is a different year. He, he was dealing with some, I think he was dealing with some injuries last year, wasn't he? He was. Thing? I think he had a foot thing, and so. Yeah. So look, I mean, this does. He's gonna have another. You know, he's gonna have more opportunity to do it. So, 
Uh, and just so you know, Deshaun Jackson, he played week one and then didn't really play again. But last year he did – He did have the, the week one was nine targets, eight receptions, 154 yeah, yards right. and two touchdowns. I, I hate to that's, say this, but wasn't that his MO when he was on the Dolphins that one year? He played one game and they got injured? He, he wasn't he wasn't on the Dolphins, was he? Saints? I don't Sean remember. Jackson? <laughs> no, he was on Philly, Washington, Tampa. I and thought he was Philly. on the Dolphins for a year. Never mind. No, you think everybody's because on the Because fucking, right? if you look at the league, 90% of the players <laughs> have it on the Dolphins at some point. <laughs> uh, right. oh, okay, one more, one more quick news thing. Uh, just because I thought it was cool. Uh, Dallas fan here. So the Dallas did have their scrimmage. They called it a scrimmage uh, Sunday night. Mike McCarthy, new head coach. They uh, ripped off the numbers. They ripped off the names. Offensive players were in white. Defensive players were in blue. And that was it. Not only that, but they didn't really show, I don't think, a single play. It was just like a couple hour long podcast of watching dudes on the sideline. That's interesting. I saw, I saw them doing that. They definitely released some video, obviously. They didn't release, you know, like a bunch of it. But you saw that you couldn't tell who was catching what. It was kind of cool. Uh, I, I mean, do you think they just did that for media purposes or, or what was it? Well, I think they definitely want to do the, you know, Dallas. Oh, these NFL teams are getting really good with their media content nowadays. And so obviously Dallas Cowboys know that if they're going to air a, a scrimmage, where they call it like Dallas night or whatever, people are going to tune in, which is awesome. And it's better than nothing. But you have Mike McCarthy kind of skirting the rules there a little bit and making it, hey, you know, nobody has, you know, the guys that you want to put on your, your uh, uh, practice squad and stuff like that, nobody has – they don't know anymore. They don't know who that guy is out there. So it's it's like Devin Smith is out there looking like Amari Cooper for all you know. And you're like, what the fuck? Because I, I saw like three or four catches where I was like, yo, that was nasty. And I thought it was Michael Gallup or Amari Cooper. And I saw somebody in the comments like, yo, Devin Smith, Devin Smith. I'm like, oh, yeah. what? <laughs> I couldn't even tell. Um, I thought it was cool. It's, I mean, I think it's probably cool for the team too. I wonder if Dak knows at all times who he's throwing to or if they keep it, or if they, you know what I mean? Like if they're just running a, a line, does he actually know who he's throwing to every time? Or is he just like, oh, that's a good point. Care? I don't know. That is interesting. But I mean, I'm sure after working with them for so long that he knows their foot movements, they're just their, their little body. Yeah, when they're like, running plays, that's true. That's true. It just reminded me of a, a very Bill, uh, Billichek type move, you know, where, uh, cause I think after, and I think in like a few days now, like all teams are going to be required that they'll have to have their numbers and names on their jerseys. And so when they did the scrimmage, he knew that they didn't have to be on there. That just seemed like, I don't know. Obviously, as a Dallas fan, I would love to have, you know, BB as my coach. But if Mike McCarthy is trying to channel his inner Belichick, that gets me excited. Was it, was it Mike McCarthy the one who came in and said, yeah, I watched like every single play of whatever last season. And then he's like, yeah, yeah I didn't watch any of that shit. I just told Jerry that, so I got the job. Hey, <laughs> you know, he's keeping Mike it real, McCarthy. man. I, I actually love that. I was like, good for him, man. No, I do too. I, I do too. I mean, that's like real as hell. That's <laughs> some shit you do. You're like, yo, yeah. Last season, I watched everything, man. Like, it was amazing. And then he's like, yeah, you got the gig. I just wanted the job. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, speaking of coaches, you see Andy Reid got a new six-year contract today? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they're. I think in uh, in KC, they're just really doing everything they can to keep the whole thing together for as long as possible, right? That, that seems like what they're doing. And they're doing a good job. Yeah, excellent. Great coach great team around him extend the guy you know see it might be i think you guys talked about this you know a couple weeks ago is it the next great dynasty it really has a good chance you know really really does yep yep we'll go back to talking about fun stuff let's hit some topics here uh i like this you call it the dynasty no-nos you know maybe that could be a segment you know 
Yeah, maybe. Honestly, I would love it if we can if we can do a reoccurring segment with this. That'd be great because I think these are these are things I always think about. Like I was thinking during a draft I was in the other day, I was talking to somebody about something and this came up in my head and I was like, oh man, that's something like that's just like a thing I that's like a rule for me. Don't do that. You know what I mean? Or like stop doing that because it No, I said just like the don't app players thing that we just found out about. Oh, no, no, not like that. More like, no, that's ridiculous. Not Twitter no-nos. No, more like, more, more like dynasty, like drafts and like, and like, just like trading and, and no-nos like that kind of stuff. Although I was listening to any given pod, give them a five stars and review. Uh, I was listening to you guys and you're saying about the whole adding players and you guys didn't know about that. Dude, I was what, shocked. But, but that's a huge pet I've peeve. I've seen for me. people adding them, players add and player not getting like, in trouble for it too. So I'm like, I never, I did, I never even thought twice about it. I mean, like I said, if it was in the season, it's one thing. But if it's out of the season, I don't think twice. Now I do because I've been lectured by so many fucking people on it. But <laughs> I see mostly like uh, beat reporters get mad about it if they uh, mention something bad, like "Oh, Amari Cooper uh, dropped three balls this week," and then somebody comes in there and like adds him. They're like, "Dude, don't do that." Like, so. But in general, I think I think if it's negative, just don't at the player. Well, that, if it's something that positive, I can completely you know. understand. You don't have to explain that piece to me. Like, like obviously, <laughs> if fucking if you're if you're talking shit about a player, like adding them, just like rude. Like, what are you doing? But like, it's just I. First of all, I saw people just like subtweeting people about it. Like, so I'm like, it's that big of a deal where you got to like tweet about other people tweeting at players. Like, all right, whatever. So I, I just thought that was interesting, but I know I didn't know it was a fucking thing anyway. So this I'm, I'm more talking about like transactionally and like actually strategy for dynasty. So um, one of the, I guess I'll, I'll just jump into one of the first things I thought was um, is a dynasty no, no for me. So don't be stubborn during the draft. And this is, this is something I'm sure others talk about just like, and you know, I'll, I'll use the Bruce Lee stay water. Like you, you want it, you know, you can have a strategy going in. Like, I always love like fading certain positions or whatever, fading tight end. But you know what? If I'm at the 111 spot and it's a tight end premium and Kittle falls to two, you know, whatever I have, what is it? Fucking two, two, then I'm, I'm probably going to take Kittle, right? Like I'm, I'm going to change up my strategy a little bit. So I, you know, with slow drafts, I guess you can get frustrated too, right? On waiting for your pick and changing up your strategy and stuff. But it's really, you, you kind of just, you got to be, watching the draft what's going on and don't 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 be stubborn that's that's a big thing you just gotta be flexible yep be flexible for sure yeah for sure and it's important like you said to watch the board i kind of ran into this with the startup i'm in right now is because i was on vacation i didn't get it i didn't really pay attention to the 11 picks you know before me i didn't really you know what i mean i didn't really see what was going on i just kind of got on hey it's my pick these guys are available i'm looking at adp and i'm like and i just select you know the guy closest there or if someone I did this a lot during this startup. I, uh, I traded down because someone would send me a trade. I'm like, I don't have time to look at it, so I'll just trade down. And I, would, I don't think I would recommend that because um, one thing I really like about Dynasty is being able to get your guys. And I got this roster now, which is it's got a lot of great players, but it doesn't have any of the guys that like, I normally would target or want like, on my team just because there's certain guys I prefer to root for or guys I've watched in college. And I don't really have a lot of those guys. Um, so that's another thing. Yeah, just watch the board. The other one I had, and this one is really something that I think I get frustrated with a lot of the time and that it happens to me. So kind of the like along the same lines, but don't panic during a draft, right? And this is this is a big one because like, you know, especially when you have like a two-minute clock or something like that, 
you know, you have an idea of like what you want to do. And then somebody may pick some, someone that you had an idea of picking later on and it, and it gets to your head and you're like, wait, do I need to change up my strategy now? And it's like, no, stick to your board, pick your guys. Don't, don't like, cause I'll do it all the time where I'm sitting there and I have like the guy, like I've been waiting for. And then there's like another guy right there. And I'm like, a guy I don't even like that much. It's like Chris Carson sitting there and I'm like, draft. I'm like, fuck, why, why, why did I do that? Why did I just take JK Dobbins or whatever? You know what I mean? Like, why didn't I just do that? Whatever, whoever I wanted at that time. And it's like, I feel like, and somebody was talking about it to me the other day, the same thing. And I was just like, that is something that you cannot do. You need to stick to your board and like be strong, <laughs> not stubborn, but strong. Yeah. And that goes back to one of the first things we talked about on this pod is having a tier drinking. Because then if you could separate your uh, feelings for a player, it gets a little bit easier. Because, okay, you wanted Chris Carson, but uh, I don't know, Gurley's there, or wh whatever, somebody that's close. Go ahead and pick him. He might not be the guy you wanted, but when it comes down to it, fantasy points is what wins you leagues. This guy's going to get you about the same amount of fantasy points as long as you've done your tiers you know, relatively accurately. It doesn't matter. So then, then uh, you won't have to panic. You could be a little bummed, but at least you got a guy that's comparable. No, I definitely agree. Uh, so this is, this is like literally like it, you know, don't panic, but also don't overreact. So they're kind of different things. Right. And this is more to like coach speak news. So, you know, this is something I think really you brought up, honestly, um, Uriah was, was really avoiding the knee jerk reactions. Were you thinking of anything specific when you, when you wrote that? <laughs> no, not at all. No. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so here we go again. Uh, when the news broke of Leonard Fournette getting cut, you know, I might not have received any trade offers in, you know, a week or two. And then Fournette gets cut, and I received three trade offers in 20 minutes. And, you know, I didn't really – I mean, I looked at them. I kind of, you know, I thought about it a little bit, but I just knew that whatever they were were going to be huge underpays. And you just got to be strong. Like, you don't want to be the one sitting there with Leonard Fournette who never plays in a league again because that's going through your mind. Like, will this guy ever have a job again? But if you just take your time and you think about it, yes, yes, he's going to end up on another roster. You know, he's not there for, like, you know, beating women or something Absolutely. crazy. Absolutely. You know he, what I mean? It's, it's not like, some off-the-field issue. Yeah, you know, uh, first-round pick, fourth in the first round. He's got the talent. He's going to end up somewhere. Jacksonville, if we talk to our, our boy uh, – Dan LaMagna, I bet he has Jacksonville at the top of his <laughs> Yeah, and that's a big right? reason why he's no longer there, for sure. You know, so maybe a Fournette thing, maybe he is difficult. But, yeah, so when I received these offers, I looked at him. I'm like, man, you, I replied back to one of the guys, like, you could just send me, like, a flowers and get a hell card next time. But <laughs> That's amazing. I love that, dude. That's great. That, see, that's how you need to respond to those kind of people because then, like, it's you're not being too harsh. You're just like, all right, don't bother me right now with this shit. Uh, but I, I think that it's a good point, like talking about it on the same lines of Rager and Kamara, right? Both of them broken, not broken arm, but like injured arm and uh, Kamara with this trade news, you know, in drafts, you could see Kamara fall. You could all this stuff and like, don't be the one who lets him fall too far, right? Don't do that because not only is he going to be on the Saints, you know, 99% likelihood, but if he ended up on another team, he's really good anyway. It's not like we're talking about a shitty back who's made by the Saints. Like, he's a really good back. So, you know, don't don't be afraid of the news. Don't overreact. This it, Don't accept shitty offers because of bad news. So, and, and I don't know who put this, but this is good. I'm reading off the show sheet. I'm not, like, a genius here. Do look into picking up handcuffs if possible. 
Yeah, I agree with that to a point. Actually, we were just talking about on the pod, shameless plug, that I, I'm doing like a, a handcuff heaven article for 2020 that I'm going to drop soon. And it's what I'm going to say in there is you don't always need to own your handcuffs, but here's a few that you, that you really could own if you wanted to, or, you know, right. a, other people's handcuffs you could own. And I think that's a good point to, to look into those kind of things, especially when, especially when there's news like this breaks, you know, you can actually sell those handcuffs. You can do that kind of stuff. So if you have those handcuffs on your team, these are the times where like, you know, you could sell Latavius Murray maybe for a first all of a sudden, like some crazy shit, a late first. And you're like, you know, because somebody thinks that Kamara is getting traded. So. I mean, I've been, I've been picking up a bunch of shares of Evans yeah, out of Tennessee. Derek Henry's like running back. Darrington. Yeah. Especially in dynasty. I think he'll definitely benefit. He is, he is, he is one of the handcuffs that's on my list. Uh, I'll say that just because he's taken over the D on Lewis role and he could, you know, if for some reason Derek Henry got injured, he's obviously going to have a role, big role. Yeah, I think we uh, own them on our yeah. debut. You know what I was thinking back then? I was thinking that exact – what what I said is, is I think, probably what I said to you in our chat. I was like, yo, this is why we get this guy. No, definitely. So, okay. No, I like that. One little thing about handcuffs I saw is – I don't know. I was listening to someone a lot smarter than me, and they had mentioned uh, maybe there's a good strategy of not clogging up your – you know, end of your roster guys with handcuffs that – to the guy you actually own, but look for other teams' handcuffs. So if you might not own Zeke, but pick up Pollard because Zeke goes down. Pollard's worth a whole hell of a lot more, even if you don't need him. I agree. I've been prescribing to that strategy more lately, and I've, I've read a lot of, about that. And I, I'll tell you, a couple of people have said it, but I'll tell you that Lewis um, Glover FF down on, at FF Down Under on Twitter, he's definitely talked about that recently a lot, which is don't waste a roster spot on your team for your handcuff, like waste, like you, if you're going to waste a spot, use it on somebody else's where not only do you get a top 12 back all of a sudden, if theirs goes out, but you have a trade, uh, you know, uh, you have something to trade as well. Right. Obviously so. this isn't always going to be an option, but a lot of my handcuffs are able to be put on the taxi squad. So I'm able to just kind of establish them until I need them. That's awesome. Yeah. If you could do that, but I mean, that's that, that obviously, it's, like I said, it's happen. very rare and few and in between, but yeah. Okay, a couple, we just have a couple more here. We don't have to spend a lot of time on them, but I, I think this is important for super flex leagues. A lot of people don't play these, even though we think that they're the standard now. Uh, and for, for Dynasty, they should be. <laughs> I think they're becoming. But, yeah, it, but, are, yeah, but, you know, more redraft league stuff like that is becoming uh, super flex. So, just this is easy. Don't undervalue the quarterback. It's easy to want to do it. And you can get late-round quarterbacks. It's not like you can't do it. But – it's not something I uh, – shit, let me check this. It's not something I suggest doing. You can get caught in a lot of trouble, in my opinion, trying to do that kind of thing. I I've, I saw it the first year. I kind of did it the first year. And what did I end up with? I ended up with Mitch Trubisky and Jameis Winston on a team. Like, that's not how you want to go into 2020 trying to, you know, make up what you've lost there. So, it's just, you know, it, it looked good in theory, right? Mitch Trubisky is going to be the running quarterback. James Winston, he's going to be awesome. No. Yeah, that's that's those guys are perfectly fine in a redraft league. Um, if you're looking for a super flex dynasty where you probably should be starting two of these every week, yeah, that's not what you want to do. Um, that's great advice. And what else? Don't, under, don't undervalue the veterans. This is a good one. So, during a startup – probably towards the last, I don't know, what's we'll see, you're around 20 or you're around 19, something like that. You're going to have guys sitting out there 
that I'll just mention the guys I like, but you have guys like Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Cole Beasley, Muhammad Sanu. They're not sexy. They're probably not going to be in the league very long, but they score you points. Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman. Yeah. The, the, at the end of the day, like we said, fantasy points win you leagues. So you, you want to have young guys on a dynasty roster, but you still need to have guys that can get you points every weekend. A guy like Larry Fitzgerald, a guy like Cole Beasley, they're going to do that and they're going to cost you nothing. You're not, they're not going to gain value, but they will score you points. And I think a lot of people don't really think about that. They're like, Hey, I want to go young, young, young. This is a dynasty league. Even, even the Matthew Stafford's of the world, you know, those kind of guys who, who are up there 30, but you know, quarterbacks play the other 35, or, you know, even later now. So it's those kind of players where, yeah, you want to fade Matthew Stafford, you want to get Joe Burrow or whatever, but you know what? Like Matt Stafford could be top five QB this year and could win you a league. So don't lose sight of like trying to win a league, just trying to like build a roster that you think is cool. You know what I mean? That's, that's kind of what happens. I think sometimes. I mean, Stafford was on pace for a great, absolutely great season last year. Oh yeah, I know. I know he was. But yeah, so on the flip side of that, on don't undervalue the veterans, don't overvalue the rookies, right? This is our last one here. Don't overvalue the rookies. This is a big thing that, you know, we just kind of spoke to it, but, and fuck you, I did look up the hit rates on this. So, so one thing I wanted to talk about a little bit was just like the hit rates. And and this is, I think this is going to be of wide receivers or is this, yeah, this is hit rates of wide receivers that I'm going to speak to here, but Again, this you know this is pretty predictive tool here, and just kind of gives you an idea of, of what it's like. So this is hit rates for players by draft round and breakout age, and all credit to Peter Howard, uh, you know P Howdy on Twitter, always always dropping amazing stats for for the free. So big shout out to him. I love, I love his work. So what this shows is basically in round one there is a fifty percent hit rate. Round two, 35% hit rate. Round three, 22%. And then it just drops off 11 and, and worse, pretty much. So, and it goes up way up depending on breakout age, right? Depending on when this player uh, broke out in college. So the point being is in the first three rounds, first of all, the first round is only 50% hit rate, right? Yeah, so it, exactly. so it's just, there's not like as, as much as like these guys, and especially this year is going to give everybody big heads about it because it was such a great class with AJ Brown and, DK Metcalf, you know, last year, I mean, you know, you just, you, you can see how you, you, like we saw somebody in our league pay up for all, you know, the rookie picks in the league. And I just, maybe it can work out for you and you can flip them and stuff like that. But I just think you can overvalue the rookies a lot when they don't really hit that often. And it's, it's a little bit easier to win leagues when you're playing with proven talent. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think that most of us, uh, newer dynasty, players will actually see that. And once you see it, you'll learn a little more. It's one thing here and Hey, it's only 50% chance in the first, but after you've played dynasty for three, four years, I think we'll actually see it and probably feel it. Know, actually stick. Yeah. Feel it and actually follow that a lot more. I agree with you so. because when you don't, when you haven't been through it and, and like us, I mean, we're early in it too. Like not saying like we're some, some vets or anything, but you don't really, you think that you're so good at picking these guys and, and the early outlook on a lot of them, you're like, Oh yeah that looks good, that looks good, that looks good. But all of a sudden, they could all, you know, these guys could fall off instantly. It happens all the time, so. Yeah, I mean, uh, where was Keyshawn Vaughn drafted? You know, that oh, guy. in the first, he, like, in, where was he drafted? In real NFL or in the in the rookie draft? <laughs> yeah, dynasty draft. Yeah, like the first, the end of the first round, bro. First, it was fucking insane. First round, right? Yeah. Uh, so, 
Yeah. No, great, I don't good know you point. think Keyshawn Vaughn at like 109 or something, you're probably feeling pretty good. And yeah. I don't know, three months later, you're like, shit, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. hoping for an injury. Exactly, so. man. We get, we get so hyped about it. He's playing with Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Moving on, moving on. So those are the, those, on, are, those are the dynasty no-nos for the week. If we have dynasty no-nos, well, maybe we'll get a little soundbite or something. Yeah, dude, we, we can <laughs> definitely do that. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I know this is mostly a dynasty podcast. It, well, I don't know. It's, it's an everything podcast, but, uh, it is the redraft deadline, right? We start, the official NFL season 2020. It's going to happen. I told you guys months ago. Y'all didn't believe me. No. <laughs> but it starts. It starts in, uh, what, 10 days? Nine days. Eight, nine yeah. days or something like that. Yeah, the 10th. So, it starts the 10th. So last weekend was like officially redraft weekend, but there's still redraft going on. Uh, do you guys – I know you have one going on, Billy and Josh. You said you saw a couple more going on. So, No, no, sorry. I have two. I have one going on currently. Two more I still have to do. Gotcha. All right. Actually, let me check. Yeah, I'm I'm currently in this re, in this uh, redraft turn keeper, so we can consider that a redraft because it's going to be redrafted the following year. But yeah, that's that's about it for me, man. I don't have anything left. Like I'm I'm donezo. That's awesome. Yeah, I finished up uh, my best ball. I stopped doing best ball about a week ago, so I've been drafting best ball. I know you're, it's not your favorite thing, but I started drafting best ball back in February, and then finally I just said that's it. I'm done. Uh, last week. I have one redraft that I'm currently in the middle of and then one dynasty startup. So I'm almost there to the end, ready for football to start. Oh yeah, so. man. It, it's good to have some still to go though. You know what I mean? Leading up to it. You're not just sitting there like waiting because like, then you get, you want to start trading your dynasty stuff. You're like, let me do something. <laughs> <laughs> let me do something. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But with my uh, redraft league, I actually, I took, I had the one, one Oh eight and I took a, a CEH, which I didn't want to do. I never thought I would. Like I was like, I'm gonna take anybody but him. But I, I did, and then uh, I went and picked uh, Ceh, and then Aaron Jones after that. So that's where I'm at so far. It's the work league. We usually start drafting on like the Monday. We pick our draft order, and then uh, we'll just draft through text. You know, when we get a chance, and then uh, everybody comes over to my house for the live draft, and we finish out the last you know 12 rounds or whatever. So, how did your uh, couples uh, draft go? Uh, it, it went really well. It's funny <laughs> talking about like players you, you won't own and stuff like that. We were, we were talking about this on any given pot a little bit, but I, I was helping her out and I was like, we're at the point where you can pick AP, you know what I mean? I was like, yo, you could pick Adrian Peterson because it's a redraft league. And she's like, no. And I was like, why? And she looked at me, she's like, why? I was, I was like, oh, okay. I get it. I get it. Like, you know, with the child, like abuse stuff. And I was like, oh. I was like, you yo, some people are just not about owning certain players. And I, I've run into a lot of people like that, even at DFF and stuff. So it, it's interesting. It was funny running into that and kind of seeing how she is about that. And then I was like, go ahead. Like, who do you want to pick? And she, she ended up picking a good player, actually. But um, it, it's just funny. It, it went really well. I think her her team is projected to win the first week. My team is projected to win the first week. So, so anyways, she's projected to win her first week. You're projected to win your first week. You think you guys will uh, meet in the finals? Yeah, yeah or exactly. I hope. And then is the wedding yeah, off after exactly. that? Or what? I hope so. She beats me for sure. Uh, no, what happens is she beats me. She takes over my job at DFF, DFF and then I I go to school. Great trade off. Uh, that, that's how it works. All right. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, that's not bad, man. All right, man. Uh, one more thing I want to talk about. So, well, there's a lot more things here, but redraft. So we've all had a few drafts this year. Redraft. 
dynasty, whatever it be, what are some of your guys for 2020? What are the guys I've looked back on all of my uh, best ball rosters, my redraft rosters, my dynasty startups, and kind of just looked at the guys that like, for whatever reason, well, except probably because I'm high on them, but for whatever reason, like these are the guys that like just are my guys for 2020 because I thought their value was, it was just too good to pass up. What are some of your guys' guys for 2020? Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll give mine first. Uh, before I do, the commissioner of the league I'm in said, make sure you say in the podcast to look at your picks while drafting. That's a key point. To, it's a keep an eye on your picks while you're drafting because uh, <laughs> then, then you end up picking like bullshit like I did. So, um, Philip Lindsay, anyway, 20, so 20. my guys 20. Yeah, oh god. So my guys 2020. So I I've been preaching this all year long. Love Bell, and I'm not getting off of it. So uh, go get them, Le'Veon Bell. You can definitely get them in like late third, early fourth, sometimes later, which is fucking wild i think he's still going to be top 12 back easily uh and then bobby tree has been talking about him a lot this season uh that's that's robert woods <laughs> for the people that don't know i was gonna throw that out yeah there for the people that don't know. uh robert woods i think he's he you know i think both your eye and i have talked about this a little bit on twitter too he's got top 12 upside for sure some people have said top five i don't know how that's possible but he's got really a lot of upside for where you're drafting him, and, and i love him for for redraft yeah, I agree. Both those guys are great. I saw it, it was a comment by Adam Gase, so take it with a grain of salt, but he said uh, I think he wants to use Lev Bellmore as a receiver this year, so hopefully he actually does it. I don't have faith he will, but we'll see. What about you, Josh? Some of your guys that you've got this year. Um, I have O.J. Howard, who I've been really high on. Um, Tampa is going to be running a lot of two tight end sets. Uh, sets. I think Gronk's going to take a lot of the attention away. So I think it's going to leave him opened up. I think he's going to have a breakout year this year. And my other guy is Preston Williams from the Dolphins. Tore his ACL last season, but was having a great season beforehand. All reports out of training camp, he's looking excellent. With him and Devontae on the outsides, I think he's primed for another great year as long as he stays healthy. No, I love the uh, Preston Williams one. You know, I'm doing this uh, redraft, and I'm looking at where Preston Williams' ADP is and the guys around him. It's not even close for me, the the upside that Preston Williams has. I was not high on him uh, a few months ago. I got talked off that ledge because uh, I always thought about draft capital. We all know that draft capital is really important. Um, I didn't really know why he fell in the draft, but uh, I got set straight, and Preston Williams is definitely a guy I will be targeting in this current redraft big time. I'll go ahead and uh, I'll take him a round or two before his ADP for sure. I love that one. And then just a couple of my guys, I was going through uh, uh, fantasy football, down under bowl, Scott fish bowl, my redrafts, my best balls, all that. And the two guys that I seem to have picked up the most of this year, Jamison Crowder and Jarvis Landry. I even traded for Jarvis Landry. I got Crowder and pretty much, pretty much every team I own. Um, Crowder saw, I don't know the exact numbers, a billion targets last year. He's going to get another billion this year. Herndon's injured, Mims out. There's really nobody else there. So, you know, I, I know it's it's the Jets and Sam Darnold may not actually be a good quarterback. Who knows? But they're going to throw the ball and Crowder's going to catch it. And so I'll take that guy all day. Same thing with uh, Jarvis. He's just he's going to get 100 plus targets every year. So just just give me the volume. I've talked about it before. I'm a huge fan of volume. Uh, volume turns into points and points wins you league. So Jamison Crowder and Jarvis, they not be your typical X number one wide receiver type 
prototype body, but they're getting they're getting the volume. So I love those guys. Um, and I have a both ton of, of those them, guys. So hopefully they both do of well. Those guys I like a lot. I mean, I, I think we both have. I think we have Crowder on our on our Devi team, and and both Crowder and Jarvis are very similar players. Jarvis is obviously a much better version, but uh, you're looking for the same things from them: a lot of targets, a lot of catches, and and a lot of points. <laughs> so I, I think you nailed it on the head with those two right there. I'm going to kind of kind of combine these two. We have uh, asked for some listener questions this week because I uh, was running out of ideas. A couple of guys hit, hit me up in the chat and then uh, also on Twitter. First one I want to talk to you real quick because it kind of goes with uh, the first note I have here is uh, buddy Robert Shiflift. He's in the uh, Scott uh, the Safe Leagues startup that I'm in right now. Uh, he's a Cowboy fan, which is awesome. <clears throat> but he wanted our thoughts on trading away future picks. And I keep bringing this up um, on this podcast because I don't, I don't know. I still haven't had an answer. Uh, there's a ton of smart dudes that are saying, hey, like Ray GQ. He's like, people are selling 2021 first for way cheaper than they should. Nothing's going to change. And, you know, he's dialed into the Debbie. He's dialed into college. He knows a lot more. And he's like, there's no reason these uh, 2021 first should be going cheaper than they are. And I'm like, are they really going cheaper or not? But then you have another guy, Scott Fish, probably heard of him. And he was looking at historical data. And he's like, man, the, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, the amount that you're paying for 21 first this year, this time of year, this year, is a lot less than it has been in years past. But on the other hand, it's like, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with these college guys. We don't know who, who's going to sit out, who's going to go back. I mean, you're going to have your Chuba Hubbards, your Etienne's, your Jamar Chase. You're going to have those guys. Um, what he brought up in the chat was, he's like, you know, your Burroughs and your Bakers and your Kylers, you know, a year before the draft, they weren't really the consensus one-on-one, especially Burrow, right? I mean, I mean, Burrow straight up straight up came out and said, if I didn't have that last year, I would probably not be in the league. I mean, obviously he would have been in the league at some, at some aspect, but not as the top pick that he was. Yeah. And it's hard for guys getting uh, picked that late. I mean, Tom Brady, Tony Romo, those guys, uh, even Russell Wilson, you have the exceptions, those are the course, exceptions, yeah. right? Draft capital does matter to these teams because one, they're, they're financially invested. Um, and it's just perception. Uh, it's right or wrong. It's just what it is. So that, I mean, that, I don't really have a good answer yeah, for I think, Robert. I mean, I, look, the way I see it is I, I want to minimize my risk, right? So I, in some leagues, I definitely moved a lot of my 2020, uh, 2021 picks, but I'm not doing it on the cheap. I mean, go and get, go and get something for it. But if you don't think that the class is going to work out, you don't have to sell your picks cheap. That's what I don't get about it. Like I, there ain't nobody coming to me that's like, yo, let me get that 2021 first. And I'm not going to anybody and saying, here's my 2021 first for Darius Slayton or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like, that's not how I'm working. Like I'm going to go and try to get the value that it, um, that, that it's really worth. Right. So you're saying you're not going to give up a first rounder to go grab Fournette really quick. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. Uh, but I just, I think that you can sell your 20, I, if you're going to sell your picks, you need to get your value back, right? So if you're going to sell your 2021 picks, what I got back was like a DK Metcalf. And it wasn't just the 2021 pick. I threw other stuff in, but those are the kind of things that you need to go out there and, and grab. Um, in my opinion, if you're, if you're going to sell your picks, but I guess if, if what we're trying to say is like, is the, is it smart to like get out of this 2021 class? Because like they're, you know, 
they're not going to declare. There's not going to be enough of them, or they're not going to be good players. And that, that's there's going to be plenty of good players coming out in 2021. So if you know if if you like some of the guys there, then hold hold on to some picks. Yeah, I agree. I've been trying to wrap my head around it. Um, I think I would just kind of treat this year like any other year. Um, yeah, would probably be kind of the that's smart thing. Absolutely right. Because the NFL draft is still going to happen. You know, they had this draft uh, slated to be in Las Vegas on the water uh, in front of the Bellagio, and they couldn't do that. So they used Zoom and social media, and they still made it happen. A bunch of great guys. Well, I mean, the drafted. NFL also the NFL also already canceled a lot of their hotel rooms and permits for Tampa for this year's Super Bowl. So they are already scaling down, and they know they're going to have to. I see that, yeah. But uh, so what's interesting about this question is that it came from my boy Robert in the draft I'm in. And uh, he asked me what to do with the future picks. And coincidentally, I actually own all of his for next year. <laughs> so I have his first, second, so third. So you should and tell fourth, him exactly so. what you're going to do with his future picks. Yeah, he told me if I take more, he'll, he'll be sad. So all right, uh, another quick one. Uh, Listener question from at RBCR Jennings, Riley Jennings on Twitter. He hit me up and he says, what's the best format for to house your rookies, taxi or expanded rosters? So I went ahead and did a little research just to kind of see what people's questions were on this. I have a couple of fantasy leagues where uh, it's taxi. I only have one where it's expanded and that's the safe leagues. And I was going to say, I think taxi has more strategy. Um, Part of the part about Dynasty that I really like is you get your guys. So if you're able to draft a guy in a third or fourth that, like, maybe you've watched, he got drafted later in the actual NFL draft, and that's why he's not uh, as highly coveted. But you yourself personally like him. You could throw him on your taxi squad, and he could stay there. You could keep him there for a year or two, and nobody could touch him. With the expanded rosters, you might be wasting a third or fourth on some guy, but then you got to cut down, and you're actually going to put him back in the waiver pool. A guy that you really wanted, but, you know – he's probably a year out, right? Kind of like a guy like Van Jefferson this year may not do anything this year, but you know, he will next year. And with an expanded roster, you might actually end up in the waiver pool. Someone's going to spend more money on fob to get him. And then he's going to go off on someone else's roster. And that's going to feel pretty terrible. So even just talking about taxis, I mean, two different leagues. I'm in run taxis, two different ways. One is once they're off the taxi, they're off taxi for good. And the other one allows you to put them back on and off throughout their first two seasons. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know there's a lot of there's a lot of different rules around taxi. Yeah, it, it to me it really depends on how the league is set up because if you have the flexibility to be able to take them on and off, that's one thing. But if they're on it and if you take them off, they're off it for the, for good, then you got to plan completely yeah, different strategy. It's definitely the way to go is definitely taxi squads. I again the way I am with all the leagues, I like to promote as much strategy as possible. And I think that that allows you to do it. I mean, I'm actually in like in our, in our league in console wars, like I'm kind of like trying to figure out who I can drop, then pick up somebody, put them on taxi and then pick up the person I drop kind of thing. Right. Like you can do those kind of things and there's strategy to it as far as like, Oh, I can get extra players on my team and like see how these guys are doing and hold them like you said. So I, I totally agree. I totally agree with you. Yeah. So one of the uh, arguments against it I saw when I was trying to do some research on this, people seem to be concerned with uh, one tanking. And then uh, the other one was like, uh, and it allows good teams to stay good. 
because those players aren't going back to the back to the waiver pool, which I think is actually a good thing, right? So because there's because guys people like us who are in this year in year out, 365 days a year, we should be rewarded with the hard work we do, right? Not because we did sixty five dollars, Bob, instead of sixty, you know, sixty six or whatever totally. it was. And so you know, we we talked about like, yeah, I I think that's a great point. No, I, I completely agree with you there. Um, you know, part of it is the hit rate. It's funny because we just talked about the hit rate and how low it is. So if you're if you hit on these guys, you like you said, you should be rewarded for hitting on them. Ninety percent of the guys on your taxi squad are actually going to leave eventually. Like you're going to drop Devin DuVernay at some point, probably, or Thaddeus Moss at some point, or Justin. Yeah. Yeah. Or Justin Jackson of the years past, right? Like those guys like who, you know, they're not all going to pan out. That's the point. And, and that's why taxi squads are even more important. You get more of a chance to hoard some of those picks that, you know, you, you made your picks on and then you can see them develop or, or not sometimes. That's right. So it's like your own little practice squad. You get it just like the NFL, you get a keep them for a couple of years and see how they develop. Or if you're projecting a potential replacement a year out, you know, I think it rewards you for that uh, level of whatever you did your research. This is going to reward you. This is giving you a chance. It would almost be like going back three or four years and having Alex Smith as your starter and Mahomes on your taxes. It, great point. Right. Great point. I love that. That's a good one. You know, that's about it. Oh, the one other thing. Yeah. That they saw about, uh, taxi squads people were talking about tanking so i was actually going to ask about our league console wars so i saw where a lot of uh, leagues will have the potential points as you know setting your uh, waiver order for the rookie draft that's how ours is so if you uh, that's what i was thinking so does the taxi points do they ah, count? i i don't think they i don't think they do in fact i don't know in any of my leagues i'm pretty they sure count. they don't because they don't even count as like act like yeah your weekly roster like they don't even count as that like you can't activate that you, you can only activate them so you, you can't play them off that so um i don't think they're included but that's a great question i mean we can look into that for sure i, I gotta look at that so then i guess it does kind of open the door for a possible uh way of tanking so if say you your only quarterback was uh Jameis winston and you ended up with uh, two first in the draft and you grab Burrow and Tua and Herbert or something like that, but you kept them on your taxi squad for two years and those guys are putting up, you know, 250, 300 points by themselves for, for the next sure. two years, but they're not but counting. You, but in, in consoles, you can only keep them on for one year. So you can, yeah, so year. you can limit the rules to like, make sure that that doesn't happen. Like, so yeah, go ahead and lose this year. And I guess you can get your picks again, but you're going to have to take them off and you can't even do it next year that same way. So yeah, that's a good point, though. So, anyways, that was the only, I guess, negative I could come up with about that's taxi. true for sure. So, if I'm going to vote, if I'm going to vote taxi over expanded roster all day. Yeah, agreed. I will look in. I will definitely look into if taxi squad or if there's an option to include taxi squad in the total. But also, you could manually do it. Obviously, that would suck. But you could manually do it, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Especially if you have uh, 36 teams, right? Split it up between the three, uh, the three commissions, you know, and then it'll be like, it's actually 12 teams. Yeah. <laughs> 12 teams. Yeah. 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 Let's bring in yeah, Scott exactly. Fisher. 1100. Yeah. yeah. We're over here complaining about 36. Jeez. I know. Okay. But it was, yeah. Safe leaks has been awesome. This is kind of off script, but safe leaks has been pretty fun. So if you guys get into it next year, you should, it's, 
Yeah, I think next year I'll do it. I just this year I'm trying to keep it between sleeper and MFL. What well, we are, uh, like Safe Leagues is on MFL. Oh, yeah, it? it's just uh, it's just a place that pretty much hosts the money, so they take care of the money stuff, right? So you're not you're not you're not paying some guy in Australia. It's like a wallet. A uh, lot of people 50, a lot of people use yeah. it for like leagues with random people, right? As as like their money thing. Oh, okay. So yeah, you're right. To be completely honest, I thought it was its own freestanding platform. That's the main reason I didn't sign up oh, for that league. <laughs> no, no, it's I just a have to log into another site to manage. Yeah, it's it. basically just a bank account where your league fees go, and you 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 can feel safe that you know you're gonna get paid. Um, I'm actually on a a, a sleeper uh, dynasty league where we paid through safe leagues. Oh, that's so. that's cool. Yeah, a lot of my leagues this year have been uh, being paid through League Safe. It's the same, which is the same, I guess. Type it's like of idea. the same deal, yeah. Yeah. So you know what it is. Yep. Yeah, it's the same deal. Hey, everybody! Thank you for listening this week. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Underdog, at Just Uriah FF, at Any Given Pod, at Willie Beeman DFF, and at Josh Goldberg AGP. I know it's a mouthful, but make sure you give us all a follow. It's all really good content, and we'd love to hear from you guys. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a review. Awesome, man! You guys have a good day. Peace out.